Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Stern Chats. I'm Tiffany Lin. And I'm Daniel Yellen. This week, we had the great opportunity to chat with Stern's current co-presidents, Ashwin Chandra and Antonella Tellez. We got the chance to talk a little bit more about their backgrounds, what they were like as kids, um, what brought them to Stern, um, and then about their tenure as our student government co-presidents, what that's been like uh, leading that student organization through COVID, which has not been easy. Um, Also, what we think makes Stern a great place to be, a great place to get your MBA, and why we love being a part of this community. Yeah, I, I was really excited about this episode. I think it was great to hear how they are fostering and also just what the Stern community is doing to create community during COVID. Yeah, and Antonella and Ashwin, I mean, you can tell that they're good friends and that they complement each other's personalities, and that's why they are good leaders, and that's why they're good leaders together. And I'm glad that they are student government presidents during this time. I've been really proud of the job that they've been doing, representing us, and working through what's been a really difficult last six months. And with that, let's get on with the show. From New York University Stern campus, this is Stern Chats, the podcast that tells the hidden stories between the lines of someone's resume. In the interest of serving the Stern community, building relationships, and unlocking important life lessons, we present these stories to a wider audience. Ashwin Antonella, hi, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Hi, yes, thank you for having us. No, we're so excited to have you on. Um, One of the things I'm really excited about for this episode is to give a glimpse to everybody what life of a Stern student has looked like during COVID. I think it's pretty unique. Um, And more importantly, from the both of you, what leadership has looked like at Stern. But before we get into all of that, um, we want to hear a little bit more about what your life was like pre-Stern. And so we're going to go all the way back. So first, could you tell us a little bit about what your childhood was like, where you grew up, how you grew up, what you were like as a child? Um, Antonella, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, So I was born in Lima, Peru, and I moved to Florida, South Florida, when I was three years old. Uh, My family won like the diversity visa lottery, and they chose to move to Florida because uh, my dad had a really good friend who lived there. Um, And then I grew up there for the next 15 years of my life or until I was 15. Uh, then I moved to Maryland when my dad got a job in DC and yeah, and I call Maryland, Rockville, Maryland, my hometown, just because that's where my parents are now and where I keep in touch with most of my high school friends. Um, but yeah, I'm a middle child. I have two sisters and I think that that's been a lot of my personality as well. What do you mean? What is that? Uh, what does middle child personality mean to you? <laughs> Um, I think it's like really good at compromising. Um, in some ways, I do think that I strive to like people please to like a fault, and it's not good. And it's something that as I've been grow- as I growing up with my sisters, like I've realized that sometimes I just need to have an opinion and stick with it, and not try to compromise so much so that I can also get what I want. So. I will say you are very good at compromising, not necessarily in a bad way. I think it's one of the things that I noticed first about you. So um, what about you, Ashwin? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I grew up in in Pittsburgh, as you can tell. For you guys who are recording right now, 
So I'm wearing a shirt that just says Pittsburgh and block letters on it. So clearly pretty obsessed with it. Uh, lived there, you know, my whole life. Uh, went to went to Boston College for for undergrad uh, before Stern, and I've been in New York for for the past six years. What were you like growing up? What was Siblings. I like? I had I have an older sister. We're very close. She's uh, two and a half years older than me, and has a has a one and a half year old uh, son who's the man. He's also just huge. Um, and what was I like? I liked sports a lot. Uh, better at watching them than I was at playing them, but enjoyed playing them too. Uh, and also just always really into music. Um, played a play a lot of guitar and piano growing up, and that's something that I I still like to do today. So definitely something that's kind of carried carried through throughout my life. And so I'd love to hear about how you think your childhoods informed your desires to pursue careers in business. Um, you know, whether it was uh, a parent who influenced you or just a subject in school. Um, Antonella, let's start with you. Sure. Um, so I think my path to business was just like kind of the default, but I grew up loving math. Um, I think growing up in uh, in South Florida and like learning English when I started kindergarten Math was something that my parents were always like, you can't be bad at math. It's universal. And you can always come to us for questions because both my parents were engineers. Um, and so math was always like my safety. Like I was like, if, if I'm not good at anything else, at least I have math. <laughs> and I loved it growing up. Uh, so I went to Johns Hopkins University for my undergrad and I studied applied math and statistics. Um, and I could have couldn't really think of another career for me at the time. Uh, I actually was looking into pursuing graduate programs in math post uh, Hopkins, but um, after doing some uh, internships and in research, uh, mathematical research, I decided that uh, I really wanted to be in a position where I could be more client facing and interact with people and not be so um, independent and like research focused. Um, so post Hopkins, I really just looked at opportunities that would hire me. So I ended up at a private commercial, private lending company. Um, I worked as a associate in the portfolio management group and just managing loan portfolios. And that was like the next three years of my life. I learned a lot about business. Um, I learned a lot about working with a team and how to help clients. And I think it gave me a lot of growth, but I also realized that I wanted to switch into a longer term career that I wanted to do. Um, and I came to Stern to try and build that business foundation, build more leadership skills um, to, to transition into consulting. That's such an interesting thing that you brought up that I don't think we ever hear about in undergrad the difference between doing something kind of independent and alone and research focused versus being with people, interfacing with people. I think everyone I've talked to in business school, whether they're introverted or extroverted, wanting to be with people and having those, I think we what we call leadership skills, but ultimately it's interfacing, it's being able to interact with everybody um, is a core fact and 
I, I also did not realize that about myself until very late. I think it would have changed what I did in undergrad as well. So I thought that was really interesting. Ashwin, what about you? What informed your desire to pursue your career in business? So it's interesting that Antonella kind of said that it was it was a little bit of the default for her. For me, it, it was definitely not the default. Uh, growing up, my both my parents are doctors. My sister's a doctor. Her husband's a doctor. Most of my cousins are doctors. It's very much like the family business. Uh, and so just kind of growing up in that household, I kind of always just assumed, you know, I was probably going to be a doctor. So went through, even in high school, I was doing kind of like lab research and stuff like that. And then college kind of was taking all the pre-med courses. Uh, I think I was never 100% sure it's what I wanted to do, but it was kind of, you know, I'll do these pre-med courses and kind of dabble in some other areas. I think my interest in business started at first just because one, I was terrible at organic chemistry. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> also, like I started taking, I started taking some some econ and business courses in college. Realized that I found them, you know, a little bit more interesting. Started to explore the area a little bit more. Um, and ultimately, you know, when I started work after after undergrad, I was working in healthcare, but in in corporate strategy within within the healthcare industry. So kind of married both, you know, the interests that I had growing up with what I think I was probably better at, which. You know, not only was I more interested in some of the subject matter that I was learning, but I think um, kind of to the point that we were making earlier, I think just, I was I always liked working with people, um, working with teams. And I feel like the business world allows you to kind of do that more than some other areas. And I know that healthcare is something that's important to you and something that like you've still demonstrated interest in um, here at Stern. So I guess in some ways you are still carrying on that that family tradition of doing things that help people. Yeah, my parents aren't like totally disappointed in me. They're just a little disappointed. She's <laughs> <laughs> um, like the gray sheep instead of the black sheep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually, um, I think healthcare is a good transition to this, which is you both decided that you wanted to lead the Stern community, not just take part in it, um, but be the people who are the faces for our class um, for the couple of years right now, like representing us to the public through student government. Um, where does your sense of service and leadership come from? And either of you can can jump in. They're pointing to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Ashwin, since we've had Antonella start each time, Ashwin, you have to go first. Okay, that's that's fair. So where does my sense of service and leadership come from? That's a, I mean, that's a good question. I think I want to say that, you know, I think it would be a good story to be like my, it's all kind of tied together, right? Like I'd like to work in healthcare and I like to serve at Stern because I have this sense of, of you know, wanting to serve. I think that there's maybe some level of truth to that unconsciously. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I think in terms of leadership at Stern, the thing that I've really loved most about Stern is just kind of getting, developing the relationships that I have. And I think whenever Antonella and I were thinking about running last year, I thought about all the people that I've met, how passionate I am about the community. And I think this is kind of the first, I never really was involved in terms of like student government or anything like that in undergrad, because while I love BC, I didn't feel kind of that same, that same passion of the community that I feel at Stern and business school. So um, I think, 
it was just a good opportunity to kind of further that passion and and try to leave a little bit more of an impact uh, just based on the connections that I have uh, here at Stern. Yeah, definitely. Actually, you mentioned this, so I'm going to ask this. And Antonella, feel free to also answer what we asked before. But um, I would love to hear what compelled you both to run together for ESCO presidents. Are we going to tell the real story or the... Or the story. Well, now you've said real story. You have to do so, it. Yeah, this is we're on this air. Is un, this is unfiltered. <laughs> this is this is where where you're supposed to tell the real story. Okay, Antonella, fill fill this in. I will. Okay. <laughs> we were at a beer blast. It's called Stern Social. It's called Stern Social. Now, we were at a Stern Social, and earlier in the night, we were like, "Yeah, we wouldn't want to run. That seems that seems like a lot to get all the signatures, and you know." do all the town halls and things like that. And we had a couple more adult beverages. And we, I think, you know, it sounds bad, but really we just started talking about it a little bit more in depth. And we got, you know, we started rallying each other up a little bit, being like, this would just be a really great opportunity. And then got all the signatures that we needed at that Stern Social. And it kind of all um, happened from there. Yeah, I would just say kind of escalated from that, I think. In the beginning, we were both like, that's so much work. Also, like, I think for me, I was like, I would never want to be in the public eye. I also was not involved in student government ever, like high school through college. <laughs> um, and even though I, I think there's such an opportunity to create impact when you're in those positions, I think there is some area of like, when you're in this leadership position where you're advocating for the students and representing, you know, a class you know, at that point, 360 students, but now it's both MBA one and MBA two classes. It's a huge responsibility. And I think that no matter what you do, there will always be people who may think you could do more or, you know, not exactly satisfied with what you're doing. And so for me, I was like, I'm terrified <laughs> of like being judged and being like in the, I don't know, like just being so well-known, I guess. Um, I think that when I was talking to Ashwin, because I think he's such a great communicator and really good at managing relationships, I felt so much more comfortable being like, I could do this with you because you could deal with those issues or like, just like help me out to understand like how I can deal with those issues and get your perspective. Um, so for me, it definitely was like, I could do this with you. I don't know if I could do this in general. <laughs> um, 100%. It makes such a big difference. I mean, I think one, actually liking the person that you're working with, but also just feeling comfortable because you really, Antonella and I talk every day, multiple times a day, and you deal with a lot of good things, but also some drama. And it's it's just kind of great to be able to work with someone uh, who you feel comfortable with and also, you know, like really compliments your your skill sets and, and kind of uh, helps Get, we, get, we help get each other through the day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. And I think it, it's just like that that was really important to me. And so I think when we decided that, even though it was kind of like last minute decision, we were like, we never really thought about this together. But like, we we're like, maybe together it would, it would be like a good opportunity to create impact for the community. And I think so. First of all, for our listeners, Stern Social is a thing we used to have pre-COVID every other Thursday, maybe sometimes informally every Thursday where 
most of our class would go out and we'd find a bar or at the first few times when school started, it was in a tent outside of the school and it was just a big social gathering party. Um, a really great way to meet everybody, a really great way to know everyone. Of course, now that is not COVID safe. Um, but that's a really great way for, I think, I, something I really wanted to ask both of you was, you were both elected right before COVID hit the U.S. I actually remember you were being trained by Sohail and Becca. It was March, mid-March. Um, and Sohail and Becca, the class of 2020 co-presidents, right before spring break, and you kind of just started your tenure when we were all going through a global health crisis. And on top of everything you just mentioned, where it is a lot of responsibility just hoisted onto you, how, I mean, how did you both deal with that mentally? I think definitely we saw on our side that you did a lot of liaising with the administration, but what was that personally like for both of you? You know, being completely candid, it was hard. I think right after, you know, I think the second or third week of March, right after our spring break, um, school went virtual. And a couple of weeks later, I went home because everyone was leaving the city. And having these transitions while taking classes, while going back home with like, just like a week's worth of clothing. So I was like, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, it was hard. It was, I think, mentally and emotionally draining for me. Um, and I think we didn't know what was going to happen. We continued to meet with like the deans and office of student engagement and planning in like a very optimistic way that things were going to be back to normal by May, you know, by the summer, fall semester. And I think as time passed and Ashford and I were being optimistic and then we're like, we don't know when we're going back to school. Um, it kind of just hit us that we need to do what is best or what we can at this time, not only for ourselves, but also like for the student body. And I think one of the things that we both agreed on was the just like increasing transparency between administration and the student body because there, you know, people were no longer going into school. There was less conversations. Um, and we created um Bi-weekly, I don't know, like we tried to do it at least once a month in the summer where it was just a kind of informal conversation where the deans would join on a Zoom call. People would turn on their cameras and just ask questions. And in the beginning, we were all concerned about what this would look like. But I think ultimately the deans did a really great job of being as transparent as possible, answering the questions that they had the answers to, and then also being honest when they didn't have answers to questions. Um and I think that that helped our Stern community through the summer. And it helped me, like, definitely, like, I think as I started to realize that we didn't know when things were going back to normal, I was just like, I just got to accept this. And then eventually, like, you know, through adjusting to classes, virtual classes, living at home for a little bit, um, things things improved. Things got better. I actually want to dive into that a little bit more. So you guys have the difficult job of acting as the liaisons between the student body and the administration. Um, and I would just like to know what it's like for you to kind of balance those competing interests and act as the voice that connects the student body to the administration and then communicating the administration's um, information back back to us. So like, where do those interests align? Where do they diverge? And how do you balance 
kind of this diplomatic role that you guys need to take on? Yeah, so I mean, I think in a normal world, the interests of administration and students align, you know, probably pretty more closely maybe than they do right now. Uh, just given that when things are going smoothly, everyone kind of has the same expectations. People know how things are running. Uh, there's not as much of a need for the sort of liaison role as we've had this summer. I think this summer and this fall has been a little bit more unique just because understandably, we as students just want to get everything we can out of this business school experience. And given a virtual setting, it's just not going to be the same. I think administration also wants us to get everything we can out of this experience. But uh, it can just be tough whenever, you know, even Stern administration has NYU administration who is um, giving, them, giving them their information as well. So I think for us, it's kind of balancing both what each side wants, but also trying to be cognizant of not every student feels the same way. I think it's easy to kind of see the opinion of of Stern students as some, you know, as like a monolith, but it's, there are many different students with many different perspectives. And I think it's trying to meet with as many people as possible. So we're, you know, either representing the majority voice or representing some subset of everyone's opinions that whenever we go to administration, we actually feel like we're representative of our of the voice of the student rather than, you know, just the loudest minority. So along those lines, when you guys ran for for student government, when you guys ran as co-presidents, um, you ran on a three-pronged ABC platform. Any Any good politician is going to have something that's memorable, uh, easy to digest. I think it was a access balance community. Um, looking back, I, I'm guessing community has been one of the more difficult things um, to kind of like not live up to your campaign promises. We understand that it's student government, but to actually like create actionable change and the type of change that you were hoping to see when you came up with what was a compelling idea. Um, so I was hoping you guys could talk just a little bit more about how you see community at Stern at this time and where you think that we could improve and where you think that, you know, there's been a little bit of a silver lining or a bright light in these last few months. Ironically, actually, I think whenever we all of this first started, I was probably the most nervous, right? Because everyone was suddenly all over the country and the world and, and couldn't build community. But I think at that time, everyone was you know behind their computer so as we organized virtual events people were actually pretty passionate about them um now it's a little bit of a strange situation because people are able to see each other in the real world um but not everyone so i think that actually brings a little bit more of a challenge potentially because no one wants to do the you know virtual rock paper scissors tournament whenever they <laughs> could just play rock paper scissors in real life now uh, <laughs> but but I mean, I think overall, I've just been, I've been really, I was very pleasantly surprised and just happy about the fact that it really has felt like community has gone on and people have adapted to the the strange environment. You know, I know last night there was a, a cooking series with, with one of the clubs at Stern where I think at least 30 people were logged on making some rigatoni with our classmate Matt, Matt Center. And uh, I mean, I think it's still awesome just it's one thing whenever everyone was actually locked down to do that. But now, even when people 
I know plenty of people who are in New York uh, who did that event. It's people still just want to do what they can to interact with as many members of the CERN community as possible. And sometimes that means making a meal while on your laptop in your apartment by yourself rather than, than going out. Uh, but I think that just kind of, it shows the passion that we all have for the community. Matt is a great, great chef. And I was so excited that he had that event. Um, I wasn't able to join last night, but I have had his cooking. And uh, yeah, no, he's really good. Yeah, it's kind of shocking. <laughs> if anything, I feel like some of these events because of COVID have shown us talents that we would not have ever known about our classmates, whether it's the ability to cook and also put that into a recipe. I could never tell you what on earth I put into a stove, but sometimes it works versus I've seen some like beautiful stuff come from various friends who had time to create art. And all of a sudden they're posting about it on Instagram because all of a sudden we just had so much time. I've loved watching all of the Instagram cooking uh, stories from our classmates and just like wishing that I could have that talent to cook and create delicious recipes. Like, honestly, I will. I want to add that Stern Chats co-host Tiffany Lynn is also one of the people putting amazing art onto Instagram. Uh, <laughs> so don't don't sell yourself short here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I think another cool thing is because you know, in in a normal world, we would have, uh, you know, been at Stern, and then we would have gone on to do our summer internships, which m most of those would have been in New York. For some people, would have been in other cities. But I think we had an opportunity to see where people came from a little bit more as people went back to their parents' homes, their childhood bedrooms. Um, just you know, went to different places last spring and throughout the summer. Um, and in some ways, we got to see a little bit more behind the curtains of our fellow classmates and see the things that made them who they are, probably in a little bit more of like an intimate way than we otherwise would have seen in a very polished professional, you know, business school environment where we have our 60 second pitch. And that's what we tell people when we introduce ourselves to them. Um, so I think that was a little bit special and probably something that we're going to look back on more fondly than we probably felt about it in the in the moment. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting whether whether in business school or in a work environment, I feel like Zoom just really humanizes everybody, mm -hmm. right? Like it's it's harder to be intimidated by this senior executive at your company whenever you just, you know, you he's he has a living room too. It looks pretty normal. Uh, he's got a dog <laughs> running around and kids running around. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's it is pretty cool to see kind of Everyone is in going through the same thing. Um, it's tough for everyone, but everyone's kind of, I, I don't know. I think it, it, it does it does just sort of humanize everyone to some degree. It, it's definitely interesting. I think in some ways there are definitely still huge inequities where some people have to take care of children, some people don't. But at the same time, small things like the volume of your voice or how tall you are, both of which things I struggle with, I, I guess height, you can't. I'm shorter. No, and, I struggle with the height thing. <laughs> but on Zoom, you have no idea how tall someone is. I could be six feet tall. You have no idea. And all of a sudden, those small things where you can raise the volume of your mic and you can suddenly be heard maybe sometimes too loud over Zoom. Some people should lower their volume. But it's a very different world where, yes, there are definitely other things that people are dealing with. But it's interesting to see how 
different ways you can kind of engage pe- with people in a very different light. On that note, though, like, how have you both found classes this semester so far? Because, I don't know, I'm to a fault a little bit of like a class participator. And we'll ask questions in class. And I think it's much harder in a in a Zoom environment. So just wondering, like, a little bit of a gut check, like, how are you both feeling as we started this new semester, academically, socially, otherwise? So I'm right now, even though I'm currently in New York uh, and walking distance to school, uh, most of my classes are actually online. I only have one in-person class, but it's supposed to start in a couple of weeks and we'll see how that goes. Um, So even though I am in the city, I have been taking all of my classes online. At this point, I feel like I've gotten used to like Zoom and like how to take classes online. I think the hardest thing I struggle with is just really focusing when I'm on like a Zoom class. Like I think it's, you have so much more distractions around you than if you were actually in class. Um, And so I think like, you know, you go to the bathroom or something for a little bit, but nobody knew that you left or whatever, and you have to pick back up and maybe they moved on from the topic. And so I think like stuff like that can be harder. I think being in larger classes, it becomes harder to participate as well. I definitely felt more comfortable participating when we were in person because you don't feel like, oh, now my my face is going to pop up in the Zoom like spotlight. <laughs> Everyone's just going to see like where I am or if I have a virtual background or I'm currently in my bed because my <laughs> sister is using the living room. Um, so I do think like there is like more it, it takes more to like participate, especially in larger classrooms um it on zoom just because of like being being put in the spotlight and i think just because there are so many more people trying to participate and some classes still haven't totally decided whether or not the hand raise function is the medium of participating or just unmuting yourself and jumping in and having five people try and talk over each other um so uh i've adjusted but it it's still it's still a work in progress yeah, what have you found to be the most effective? I think I definitely have my opinions, but I'm curious to hear what you both think in terms of professors doing it well, not doing it so well, obviously. No need to call anyone out, but I'm curious what methods I think which would have not been great in person have worked really well over Zoom. I think breakout rooms are just like one of those features of Zoom that makes the classroom experience actually work really well when done right. Um, and I think it's also, it's a very quick way of one, just divvying people up, right? In a, in a lecture hall, it's hard to be like, all right, now everyone split up into groups of five. But also you get to work with people that you probably otherwise wouldn't have worked with just because they're often just randomized breakout rooms. Um, so obviously assuming everyone's done the reading and prepared to talk in that breakout room, I think it's a pretty cool way to to just interact with more people, hear more diverse perspectives outside of the people that you would have, you know, walked into class with together and sat next to anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that polls and any small things that can keep you engaged during class help you stay focused and participate more and see what other people are thinking. Um, I think it's classes that maybe don't have a lot of breakout rooms or like polls or any type of engagement where like the professor might just be lecturing at you can be more difficult to um, to just like stay focused on for long periods of time. 
in developing managerial skills, which is a class taught by Dolly Chug, um, and is one of notoriously one of the great classes at Stern, she talked about how when we are learning in this online environment, you need a lot more reentry points. That it's since you exactly like what you said, Antonella. Like it's so much easier to lose focus for two minutes or three minutes, or to have to step away to handle something else that we otherwise wouldn't have had to handle. Um, and that it's kind of incumbent on the professors and on how the lessons are designed to be a little bit more forgiving and provide a few more entry points for us to get back into the conversation if you lost focus for a minute. And um, there's definitely some professors that have taken that to heart. And I think have done a really good job of tailoring their courses to the online environment and just being a little bit more forgiving and saying, you know, usually in class, if I said like any questions and there's no hands, I move on. Um, if there's no hands in a digital environment, it doesn't mean that there's no questions. Um, so I think it's been nice to see how much effort a lot of the professors have gone to to make their experiences or make the experience for us a lot better. So I'm, I'm thankful for that, for the professors who, who made that effort. Yeah, I definitely think also one of the interesting things for me has been cold calling. So I understood the concept before, but was always terrified of the idea of just sitting and waiting to be called on and having to have your thoughts ready and articulate for this intimidating professor. But for one of my classes, it's corporate strategy and finance and entertainment and media taught by Tad Smith. And he the entire time cold calls different people you can participate in the chat and he'll call on you and ask you for opinion just on whatever we're talking about that day and i would never have thought i would say this but i actually love that method because i'm actually engaged for a three-hour night class on mondays which i thought to be impossible i totally agree i feel that way about scott galloway's class which you know like you said it's, it's tough to be engaged for a, a three-hour night class and he cold calls the whole class and it's Scott Galloway who is one just a legend and also you don't want if you say something dumb he's probably going to call you out on it. <laughs> so you want to make sure your thoughts are are ready to go for it but the whole class is so engaging and you leave it kind of exhausted but also like wow I actually got a lot out of that experience in that very packed 3 hour window and so for any prospective students listening from this year's student government presidents. Um, what's your pitch for Stern? So I can start, but I, I think, okay, so I have a couple of things. First, I want to say I came to Stern because I really enjoyed the people I met, but also because I wanted to take advantage of all of the travel opportunities Stern offers. They had DBIs, treks, even like partial study abroad, which was something that I didn't do in my undergrad that I wanted to take full advantage of with Stern. It, I think it's something that is very unique to Stern. Um, and I haven't had the opportunity to take advantage of any of those programs. And I'm still so happy that I'm here. I think that going through the recruiting process in the fall really taught me a lot about the people that I go to school with. Not only are they there, like all of my friends and people in my classes and in my blocks, there for me when I needed help with homework or like a question, uh, preparing for interviews, people were always willing to case, do mock interviews. I did a mock behavioral with Ashwin last year. Like 
I would stay there from like morning to night. And having that community was just like, I almost felt like so much FOMO if I had to go home because I wanted to stay. <laughs> um, so I would just say meet as many people from Stern as you can. I think that the fit here, it's really is like EQ, IQ and like people here are so willing to help you out um, in your classes and recruiting, support you there when like you feel like you've been rejected everywhere, but also like celebrate with you when you get that offer that uh, you've been waiting for. So that's my pitch. So I would say for for prospective students, there's there's two myths that I want to debunk or like stereotypes that I want to debunk. Uh, the first, and this is one that I was a little bit nervous about coming to Stern because, so I lived in New York before business school for about six years. So I was worried that not only would I just keep hanging out with my friends, my you know pre-Stern friends, but that there would be many other people kind of like that. And I think I've heard, I had heard people say like, oh, it has like a commuter school feel, you know, for that reason. That is the furthest thing from the truth. Um, and something I'm really happy about. I mean, I had told my friends, you know, I'm not really going to see you for the next couple of years. Um, and it seems like a lot of people are kind of in the same boat. Um, I mean, it is nice to be able to see my friends every once in a while, my, my pre-Stern friends. Um, but, you know, despite the fact that there are, there are definitely some people who are from New York, you know, the most aren't. And uh, there is such a strong community and just, you know, I see Stern people more days of the week than than not uh whether you know because of school or socially and so i think you know that is definitely a, a myth that that i'm so happy is is not true i think also depending on what you're trying to do some people might some people might see stern as oh because it's a finance school right because it's so great historically in finance um i mean the four of us all are going into consulting. Uh, I think, you know, there's definitely a strong finance uh, program here, but it's such a diverse group, not only of backgrounds, but of what people are going into. And, you know, I think that's one of the most incredible things about Stern is just so many different types of people that you can learn from and connect with and develop relationships with. Uh, so Stern's awesome. Come here. <laughs> Yeah, Stern's diversity is one of my favorite things about it. Not only in the people, not only in people's backgrounds and what they did before Stern, but where they're from, uh, you know, how they grew up, um, racial and ethnic and geographic diversity. Um, it really makes it feel like a like a special place. And one of the reasons we love doing the show is just to hear about those different stories and share that you know this community is a uh it's a melting pot right it's it's a lot of different people coming together to create one community that is there for each other so i love that 100 percent agreed i think the fact that you have people who are have incredible backgrounds whether it's traditionally in business and finance or we have an opera singer we have a screenwriter we have all of these people and they're still so kind and so humble and so willing to get to know everyone else is really special i've never felt as if I wasn't good enough. I mean, we can talk about imposter syndrome all day, but I've never been made to feel as if I wasn't good enough. And I think that's an incredible thing in a graduate school. So 
just uh, one last question. This one is for for Ashwin. Um, so you mentioned at the top of this conversation that you love music, you love to play instruments. Um, what are you listening to? Actually, you know what? This is for both of you. What are you listening to right now? And Ashwin, what are you working on right now? And will you help us refresh the Stern Chats music? Don't forget to plug your TikTok. <laughs> That's true. I did have to create a TikTok for, for Galloway's class uh, where I'm posting all these videos of me playing music, like kind of mediocre, mediocre music sessions, but it's fun. Uh, what am I listening to right now? Um, listening to Tame Impala and Glass Animals a lot these days. On Thursday, Glass Animals is doing a, a online concert that looks like it's going to be pretty fun. So I might, mm. might attend that. Uh, what am I working on? Uh, so I think historically, I usually just play a lot of like rock pop covers on, on guitar and guitar and piano. Lately, I've, I have like a MIDI controller and a DJ controller. So I've been working on production a little bit more, uh, which is pretty fun. And, and the technology is there to make it a little bit easier than it probably used to be. So I'm having a good time with that. Ashwin, you didn't answer the question if you're going <laughs> to revamp. <laughs> Was that soft? No, oh. oh, no, I'm in. I'm in. I mean, <laughs> I, I will not sing, and, but I will, I will help with the music. Good. And thank you, Antonella, for holding his feet to the fire. That is why you guys make a good team. Exactly. <laughs> Keeping him in check. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I really enjoy music. I've mostly been listening to throwbacks, like 2000s throwbacks recently. Good old Britney Love Spears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift. Like, yeah, just honestly been listening to old, uh, old playlists from Spotify. I love that so much. Ashwin, we're going to follow up with you just about the Stern Chats music. Um, but thank you both so much, honestly, for being on here. I I mean, I love hanging out with both of you outside of this interview, but it's been great talking with you and being able to just kind of dive into some of the things we probably wouldn't have talked about anyways. Yeah, thank you. I've been a Stern Chats fan from when I was a prospective student, so pretty awesome to be a guest on the show. Thank you guys for having us.